Welcome to episode 67 of the Let Behind Game Club. This week, we play Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. If you like what you've heard, go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. It really helps. Michael, do you like horror games? I don't. Are we going to play a horror game? We're playing a horror game. Let's get right into it. I hate you. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is up behind. I'm your host, Chicken McCord, and today I have one friend with me. You know him. You love him. His name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a game that scared me a lot. Hey, Mike, uh, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. I tricked you into playing a horror game. You tricked me into playing a horror <laughs> game. Like, that's not even a lie. How, how much do you like horror games? I don't like horror games. The horror game that we're going to talk about today is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice from the team at Ninja Theory, developed by them, published by them, released in 2017 on Windows, PS4, uh, Xbox One in 2018, and Switch in 2019. Michael, tell me about this video game that probably scared the pants off you. This, this quote-unquote AAA indie? <laughs> this double a title yeah it's uh it, it was it's a game mm-hmm. uh where you play as a character with um i think the right term is psychosis some type of mental illness where um you are highly encouraged to play with binaural binaural headphones mm-hmm. like that that give you full you know surround sound experience and as you're playing you just always have a slew of voices in your head mm-hmm. saying all kinds of things to you. So before we get into it any further, I think it's very fair to say that if you have not played Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, we're going to spoil the heck out of the entire game. So please, if you want to play the game, play it, come back to this. We'll be here when you're when you're ready. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you what Senua's Sacrifice was. Uh, how would you describe this type of game? Because it's, it's a like melding of different genres is that fair to say i think it's fair to say so it's got some puzzle solving elements yeah. it's a kind of hack and slash um it also kind of has um action to it and like you said kind of the psychological horror stuff as well yeah i think a lot i think it's kind of an adventure game mm-hmm. with a celtic norse you know nailed it wrapping yep. mm-hmm. um and then I mean, I think you did a great job describing it. It's got some horror to it. Mm-hmm. It's got um, some light combat mm-hmm. that um, looks interesting, mm-hmm. but I think is actually pretty dull. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we're going to have some opinions about this game. Yeah. I feel like we need to just get right into Jacob, it. Jacob, you tricked me into playing a horror game. I did. You know what? In Hand, hand to God, I did not realize this was such a psychological horror game yeah i yo this this game's gonna scare the pants off you if you don't like horror games that there was a point where i was just thinking to myself i feel bad playing this and i don't i don't like this so what if i just tell jacob you (laughs) you made me play a horror game and i'm done this is it you can either talk at this level of (laughs) knowledge in the game which was maybe like a third of the way through or i can just not be on it but here I am. <laughs> and you pushed through and, and did. you did it. My God. Yeah. Uh, can I just get, like hold your hand? Like, yes. You are, you are a hero, well, my friend. Why were you not holding my hand throughout this whole journey? Maybe we should have played it together yep, because I played part of it in the dark. And let me tell you, boy, I sure did poop my pants a little bit. <laughs> um, before we get into it, uh, the 
other games developed by uh, Ninja Theory, we were talking before the show. Uh, Kung Fu Chaos was their first game. Okay. An Xbox original. Great, like, party brawler. Uh, Heavenly Sword. Heavenly Sword. Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which I played and loved. I love that game as well. Uh, DMC Devil May Cry, the failed reboot, or the reboot that didn't go anywhere. I yeah. think it, from a, it was actually a very good game. I've, I heard it was a good game, but there were no sequels. So, you so, know. Yes, and they and the Wikipedia page says they uh, collaborate with Andy Serkis quite a bit. They yes, I mm-hmm. believe Andy Serkis played the pig in. No, oh, I thought he was Enslaved? the main character in Enslaved. He might have been. Yeah, it's been a long time. It has. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Enslaved quite a bit. How did you play um, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice? I played Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, the uh, enhanced version on my Xbox One X, and I played the. Xbox Game Pass version on mm-hmm. my Xbox One S uh, with headphones because, as we have stated, do not play this game without like binaural headphones. It yeah. is it is not worth it based on what the game does. There was a point as I was playing that I was like, "Hey, I just want to listen to a podcast while I play this," and I felt I was losing so much. Michael, don't listen to a podcast. Oh. They want you to talk about Jacob. podcasts. You Jacob. need to talk about it on the podcast. I. While I was playing that game, there was no physical manifestation of the voices in front of me, or I would have killed them. So be 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 careful here. Don't kill me, Michael. You should kill me because I deserve it. This game does some things, but it opens a lot like it reminded me of a lot of other games that kind of share the same kind of Norse mythology. So the God of War that just came out last year reminded me of that like you're walking through water, essentially like what I would amount to like a Viking vision quest where right. you're just walking and you discover that you have a sword, you have your partner's skull on your person. And I guess your, your goal at that point is to maybe enter the enter hell to get him back. Is that a fair assessment I of think, where you're left at yeah, the beginning? Very fair. I think the opening scene is your character, Senua paddling on this hollowed out husk of a of a tree Mm -hmm. and just the myriad of voices talking in in her head while the narrator is explaining what's happening yeah and that is a hell of a way to open a video game uh and that kind of road to hell so h-e-l not like hell h-e-l-l double hockey sticks uh you from there kind of split off and that's when you start to get into what the game truly is the combination of puzzle solving and combat so do you want to talk about the puzzle solving first or the combat sec- or the combat first yeah so i think we should talk about the puzzle solving okay so i only can i think can really identify the two types of puzzles that that were in the game uh, but they're really kind of the same puzzle there was the specific angle you needed to look at something from mm-hmm. to reconstitute it into the world and make it a reality. Mm-hmm. And then there was the f- look at an object in a certain way so it forms the shape of a rune which will allow you to push through this door mm-hmm. that is otherwise on fire when you touch it. I tricked myself into playing The Witness again. <laughs> and I re- and I really didn't like that's, The Witness. That's true. Yeah. You, you did kind of do that. Yeah. Uh, the I Witness would, did it better. The Witness 100% did it better. Uh I just this was my least favorite part of the game right just because like I'm not a big environmental like puzzle guy so to have that be essentially like one third of what the game puts in front of you I Mm -hmm. was just like how quickly can I get through this because I hate this yeah I don't think it was poorly done I don't think it was like the best part of the game I just think it was something that I had to get through uh, a trial if you will in order to to 
proceed. I'd, I don't know if you liked it. I'd, I'd largely agree with that. I think the thing that I felt missing in this game whenever I solved the puzzle was I didn't feel smart for having solved it. It felt on some level like obvious um, and like you just stumble through it. Um, like there were some cases where I, I stumbled through the solution and I realized like, oh, this was actually supposed to be way harder than it was. Um, and if the challenge or the puzzle isn't, doesn't have a level of difficulty, you know, you don't get that rewarding sense. So it just feels more like a needless obstacle. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I know where I'm going to find this P lettered rune or this one that looks like a Sigma or like all of these different rooms. I look, I can tell that that beam is broken there (laughs) or, Oh, look at this. There's a hole in this wall in the shape of the rune. What happens if I look at it? Mm -hmm. Oh, I've collected it and solved it. Great. Um, and then there have been other times where one in particular I can think of, I'm sure you'll remember this. There's a crashed ship. It's the first time that you meet the big baddie with the, with the ax, Mm -hmm. um, the Azeroth from, from Soul Calibur. (laughs) Uh, is that, um, Valverin or Suture or Suter? I think it's, uh, I think it's Valverin. Is this is this like a boss enemy or just like one of no, the no, no. one of the it's the biggest grunts. grunt okay yes you know the, okay you you remember Astaroth from I do. Soul Calibur yes not Nightmare but Azeroth from Soul Calibur yes, yes. I have yes. Soul Calibur six sitting on my desk someday I will play it yes the big guy with the big axe mm-hmm. and the first time that you stumble across him in that room for some reason there are these weird uh, beams in like odd angled shapes mm-hmm. in the ceiling that are red that are colored completely different thing yep. from everything else mm-hmm. and none of it made sense contextually but you knew that as soon as you see the rune door in front of you it's okay i just got to find three angles to look at this thing yep. there's no reward it. yeah like even in a zelda game you get that little chime where you're like ooh hit that dopamine but here it's just like i'm going to continue to slog through this um, to push myself to the next combat encounter or the next story bit. Um, the combat I liked a lot. Did it, you? I did, yeah. Whoa. Okay. You break down the combat for me. So, again, I've, I've not played like a soul. Have you played a Souls game before? Yeah. How similar is it to us? I hate to go like, not it's great. like a not, Souls game. Not really similar. Okay. It's a very visceral um, experience where you're doing a lot of uh, rolling, you're doing a lot of uh, hopefully blocking and parrying, and uh, you, there's a lock-on system involved in it too. Mm-hmm. So you're using the right stick to kind of flick between different enemies, and there will be two to three enemies, sometimes even five or six on the screen at once, that are slowly coming towards you, and they will kind of signal where the, how they're going to attack, and then they attack hey, you. Hey, watch out. Yeah, you get those little whispers in your ear, and um, then they attack you. But typically, it's only one attacking you at a time. Uh, You also have what I'm calling like a freeze ability that essentially you build up as you are rolling, blocking, or hitting enemies. And then if there's an enemy... With a mirror, right? With a a mirror. With a mirror. And uh, as you block these enemies, uh, or as you do these items, you get the... Build up focus. You build up focus, exactly, and that helps you freeze, and you can defeat enemies more quickly. There's more tricks to it later on. It's bullet time with a sword. Yes. What I appreciated (laughs) is how high stakes the combat was, because if you take too many hits, like, let's say you take three or four hits in a row, like, you're dead. That's Mm -hmm. it. And I, it took me a little while to get 
past that of like, oh, wow, this is like weighty, both like combat feel, but also the consequence for losing mm. is pretty weighty. Did you find that, did you die a lot in combat? Did you find it was tough to get through each segment? I think it took me a while to get used to the combat mm-hmm. um, because I was trying to parry and I'm actually terrible at parrying. So I ended mm. up just kind of starting to roll around. And I would say for the middle 70% of the game, I didn't die once. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I did not find much trouble with the combat except for the bridge to Hella, um, which they just overwhelm you with enemies. Mm-hmm. And the vast, vast majority of enemies that, that you stumble across in this game um, don't require too much. You know, you can either Finesse, use... Finesse, right? Yeah. You can either use a quick attack or you can use a heavy attack. You can modify that by sprinting. Um, or you can, you know, block slash time your parry. Mm-hmm. And because I think the, the move set is so limited and the combo system I didn't find was, was that great. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a ton of fun mm-hmm. with the combat. Um, and I found that aside from everybody except the guy with the shield, you could pretty much just, you know, block Brute their attack it, right? and quick, quick slash one heavy strike wait for them to to block and then swing at you again and you block and then you quick quick attack and then you heavy strike and you just rinse and repeat. I would say if this game was any any longer than it is, I would want either more finesse and this this game is like a 6 or 7 hour, 6 to 8 hour game, right? If it was any Felt more a than whole that, lot longer. Hey. Um I would want either more variety in the move set like either through a second weapon. I know that's not the purpose, but I'm just kind of speaking about how the game could be better but if it was longer. you do get a second weapon. <laughs> you do get a second <laughs> weapon. No, I, t- I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. There's, or, no, there's no variety in weapons. Or you need more enemy types. Because yeah. in all fairness, there's what, like really six main enemy types mm-hmm. and then some of the bosses, mm-hmm. which the bosses are fantastic, but I think we'll Yeah, you we'll like come the back. bosses a lot. The, uh, yes. The one boss in particular, like uh, Fenrir, was fantastic. The Fenrir is the demon beast, the darkness. Yes, fantastic. Okay, really? Yeah, fantastic. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I uh, didn't find Fenrir that that interesting. No. No. Okay. Oh boy, we used, we really yeah, different on this we, one. We had very different experiences. I thought the bosses were a refreshing change and actually provided some amount of difficulty and mm-hmm. challenge along the way. Mostly because the stakes are so high, and you couldn't afford to learn. <laughs> what those were by mistake you Mm -hmm. just needed to be very cautious yeah and and when you speak about stakes do you want to talk about kind of the stakes that are involved in in this game because they they set up something story stakes or uh, almost your character stakes right so at the beginning they talk often about the darkness right right and at the beginning of the game they set up the fact that as you die and they actually force you to die like very quickly. You, there's no way to, to win like the first encounter you have. You have to die so they can show you that like, hey, when you die, you actually don't die. You'll come back to life, but the darkness, which is this black kind of um, manifestation, manifestation of like pigmentation on your skin will just slowly take over your arm. And it, they say if it gets up to your head, just game over. Mm-hmm. No, done. Game over. So those are supposedly the stakes of, of the game. Is if that darkness gets to your head, you're done. Yeah, and that'll prevent you from 
reviving your lover, Dillian. Mm-hmm. And from the sound of it, they sold it as we're gonna erase your save too. Oh, really? Yeah that that's the that's way. That's what the controversy was when this game came out. Yeah, that's what that's what the controversy was. Is that Damn. yo? If I if I do poorly, like Hellblade's gonna erase my game. Wow. Yeah. That's that does add stakes. Yeah. So like I think we'll link in the show notes to what we're talking about, but. Um, uh, Kotaku has a story about this. Uh, we'll link to it in the story. Uh, it's more complicated than just like, hey, if it reaches your head, you die. Um, they actually uh, call it a bluff. So like there's there's more to it than that. Interesting. That truly the stakes are that there are no stakes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also didn't feel like I was remotely close to, you know, the, the darkness getting close to my head. Um, I thought the combat was generally easy to get through and what i liked about the puzzle sections was that i knew if i was in a puzzle section i wasn't in a combat section and for the most part you also weren't being um going through a bit of psychosis yeah yeah Yeah. so i think that's that's the other piece to it right is that your character and there's a great documentary on the in the actual game that when you finish it i implore you to watch did you watch it i did it seemed like a lot of justification for their depiction of mental illness and psychosis and them saying, Hey guys, trust us. We talk to a lot of people who have had psychosis mm-hmm. um, and a lot of mental health professionals to try and recreate this in as faithful of an experience as possible. Cause I think their, their perspective is it's not even been done in film, no less like a game. Right. So they wanted to, because it's an interactive medium, they want to be able to show the audience what it's like to experience something like this and draw mm-hmm. the line between, Psych- psychopathy is that psychopathy and psychosis because mm. psycho- psycho- I can't even say the word um, psychopathy psychopathy I'm troubling this word's troublesome for me uh, <laughs> but essentially like a lack of em- empathy is very different than psychosis because right. a lot of like villains and games they just lack empathy and they just want to kill you right right uh, but psychosis is not it is a loss of a loss of contact with objective reality which shows up in hallucinations and delusions right believing that there are voices mm-hmm. which i'm sure in their experience of it there there are voices in their head but and as a as an audiophile um i was in love with watching <laughs> them produce like the actual voices in your head yeah um, the asmr microphones yes the ear microphones those creep me out so much oh they were so great they were <laughs> so great so essentially like imagine we're in this size of a room it's tarped off and you have actors and these actors are running around the room whispering things and saying things to you like that are going to be in the game i was in awe i just love watching voice actors like do their craft and also like sound engineers and mixers like put put together the audio for a game. Speaking of actors, this game has an interesting use of, of actors. There's, um, I believe it was someone from the development team actually motion capped Senua. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other segments, instead of motion capturing and modeling a character, they straight up took recorded video and put it in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, with green screens and that's how that's how you end up I think talking with your mother mm-hmm. and with Darude or uh, Dillian? D- no, no. Oh yes, the um the the Celt guy who looks a little bit crazy eyed. Druth. Druth, that's yeah. it. Druth. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I thought it was an interesting way to use real actors. Um and I thought it was a nice touch. Like they incorporated it quite well. And it's not the first time, uh, if you've played some of their other games, they sometimes do use full motion video. What games would those be? I think in 
enslaved they have a one of the endings like encompasses uh, full motion video but this I would say is their more most pervasive use of full motion video in a game they've done All right um, even like spoilers as we said before uh, your mother is burning at the stake right and you see her face on like a CG body and her face is being like almost burned and I couldn't tell like did they put makeup on her face or did they CG her face on this CG body it was I think as an art as an artistic um uh, piece, a piece of art as yeah. a piece of art this game like delivers it does some stuff that i've never seen in games before mm-hmm. they definitely gets a lot of credit for trying new things mm-hmm. and going places that other people are probably afraid to mm-hmm. and uh the actress you were speaking about who actually won best performance for like best performance at the game awards in 2017 her name is melina jurgens and she was like on the dev team and she'd never done <laughs> acting before how crazy That's is that nuts. um she has many protracted, like long soliloquy style monologues that she's delivering sometimes through the fourth wall mm-hmm. and other, which was creepy as hell. Yeah. Or sometimes she's just delivering it to whomever she is speaking to. And she freaking delivers. My God. She should be on the stage. She does, yeah, a mm-hmm. fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about the story of Senua's sacrifice? Yeah. Yeah, we should. I think we, we like started into it and then we came out of it yeah. um so be- broad strokes yeah the story is about senua's quest to i think make a plea to the god hella mm-hmm. of the underworld to get her her lover dillian back alive mm-hmm. and as the story progresses you find out that senua um who was raised by her mother and father her mother someone who is i think gifted with the voice i think as mm-hmm. they called it which were you know voices in her head mm-hmm. um and her father who was not very keen on uh i think he was a shaman of some sort mm-hmm. um was not very keen on the fact that she had these voices and this darkness and this mental illness yeah and so she like he imprisoned her for a long time as a part of that yeah like to punish her psychosis yeah and so Senua goes off into the wilderness, mm-hmm. and I think when she gets back, she finds her her love, Dillian, um, flayed and, and held up as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And as far as I understand, I think from that dev feature, the video at the end, uh, it was a Norse ritual called like the Red Eagle or Splayed Eagle or something like yeah. that. Um, and it looked gruesome. Mm-hmm. And so Senua then takes his head and goes to try and make a plea to the gods. And um, along the way, you have to fight, I think, smaller gods. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Fenir, the guy with the, the flaming sword? Uh, yeah, so Velvra- Velvarin is one of them. The, so essentially, the game is split up Wal-Rodin. into like... Velrodin, yeah. thank you. Yeah. And then um, the S- S-U-R-T-R. Yeah, Suter. Yeah, Suter. Yeah. So those are kind of the two first mini-bosses. Then you uh, like end up in front of a abandoned ship or like a crash ship, ghost ship, yeah, uh, the ghost ship, and you take a series of trials after that, and then you descend into hell. That's kind of how the game is structured. Right. And I think just before you descend into hell, there's a tree with an ancient sword that's able to kill the gods. Mm-hmm. I think it's the story of Sigurd and Sigmund. Yes. Um, and you have to complete four separate trials, mm-hmm. which there are some creepy trials in that's there. my favorite part of the entire game really? was the trials yes it was the most like a zelda game yeah except 
some of them, for example, will take away, like they will really dive into the the psychosis piece. So um, the one that I was a particularly fan was the blindness shard trial. I hated that one Loved so much. So I hated, much. I hated. I hated <laughs> those like blobby human bits that were wandering all over the place that you couldn't get close to because then you'd die. Yep. And, and essentially, like you, hated you it. are you are partially blinded, I hate that so you, you could play this game. you could only see like a, a small cone in front of your face, and the rest of it's just cloudy. And you're just imagine that you're moving in the dark, and that's how your character is moving. And you have to avoid these demons that you can barely see, and uh, like they are activated by sound, for example. So there are chains hanging down from the wall, and sometimes you have to avoid the chains. You're wading through water. It was fantastic. I felt my breathing pick up in that section i felt my heart rate get faster mm-hmm. um it it gave me that feeling of being a kid at night in your room afraid of a sound that you heard and having no light on and just relying on whatever night vision your eyes get adjusted to yeah and and every twinge of tweak of the house and sound has have you ever played a game like this before because I, I know you're not a horror game guy no have you ever played eternal darkness yes did this kind of remind you of eternal darkness no. a little bit no i loved eternal darkness <laughs> and and this game maybe not i thought this was a a, a very good game just not a game that i enjoyed mm-hmm. i didn't enjoy my experience with it uh should we cut to the chase and ask you kind of why or do you want to talk more about kind of how the game went well i just in general Mm -hmm. um i didn't feel like there was a lot of variation in what the gameplay was and i found the story incredibly hard to follow i think it relied a lot on the the lore stones Mm -hmm. um which sometimes are easy to find but often i think i missed one or two in a section and that meant not getting the full story um and so a, a lack of being able to follow the story and not really enjoying the combat, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't have either side of the equation, it's tough for me to, to really get engaged in the game. Fair. But I did a, you know, I made sure that I listened to it the whole way through with, <laughs> with headphones and mm-hmm. I did my best to, to play through it and, and get involved. I think it's fair to say as well that like I didn't get all the lore stones. Um, a lot of the time it was um, uh, Druth who was the one who would kind of share the words of the gods, whether he was talking about Loki or talking about like it really leans hard into like Norse mythology, giving you an idea of let's talk about Loki. Let's talk about Odin. Let's talk about um, the two brothers that you mentioned before. I think it's father and son, Sigurd Fa- and Sigmund. Sig- yes, yeah, Sigurd and Sigmund. And the piece that I didn't really understand uh, was that like Senyu was based on a real... Uh, goddess. A real goddess that yeah. they di- just discovered like recently yeah. called Senyuna, uh, who's kind of a Celtic barbarian Pict, I think is kind of what they what they call Those her. are all words that I heard in that <sighs> section of the documentary. Yeah, it was just, it was a meld of like, of, of like uh, Celtic and uh, Viking, barbarian, Norse. And I just like, I had a really hard time following it. I guess what I appreciated is, is kind of how it brought um, psychosis like really is going to give you the opportunity to understand what it's like to go through mental illness in a way that has never been done in a video game mm-hmm. before and I appreciated some of the stuff that they did with boss encounters for example or with some of the 
So do you want to explain your favorite boss encounter then? Yeah. So I guess the my darkness. Yeah, the darkness. So um, there's a few different boss encounters. One that is just like a straight uh, Valra Valradin Val. Please help Suter me. is the one. It's is a guy on fire. The whole theme of the level is uh, catching things on fire and having to make it through to the next section. Yeah. Valravin is kind of on some level a a hallucination mm -hmm. where he, there are a bunch of statues of him throughout this world. And mm -hmm. on one side of the tree, he's there and he's watching you. And on the next side, he's just a statue again. Yes. Um, and, and his fight is really figuring out where he is and, mm -hmm. and then making sure you can take him down. Yep. He's very much like a Raven, I would say. Yes. And then there is the darkness, which is Fenir, which is yep. your favorite, right? Mm -hmm. Which is this beast that stalks you in the in the darkness mm -hmm. and creates these horrible visions whenever you're not in the light. Mm -hmm. But whenever you're in the light, you're fine. Yep. Until you get to the final uh, confrontation with him. Mm -hmm. Where he appears in kind of his, I guess, dog. He reminded me of like Cerberus in yeah. kind of the, maybe one-headed Cerberus in the way he looked. And like a dog or like a cat, he would pounce at you and you're in an arena where you have to avoid his attacks and at the same time he sometimes breathes darkness in your general direction and you are experiencing like psychotic breaks while this boss is attacking you and the, f the screen is flashing red with faces like screaming and you have to at the same time you get flashes of Fenir that you have to avoid while he's like coming at you I just thought that the, that combination um, and the fact that you're fighting kind of a a uh, creature on four legs the, the first time you've done it in the entire mm -hmm. game that combination was why he was probably my favorite just the the psychosis he was novel he was novel yes he, he's like nothing else in the entire game because everything else is just on two legs hey he has a sword <laughs> hey he has a shield hey he has scythes but it's right he was very novel until you face hella yes which is you know <sighs> boy yeah so i wish this game would have ended an hour earlier <laughs> So, you know, after you've dropped Dillian's head into the darkness and you go down and you find it and you fight this demon that had been haunting you the whole way through um, and you get to this giant bridge and you piece it back together by looking at it from the correct angle to, to bring elements back into focus. Um, you cross the bridge and you fight so many people. So many people. They throw every single enemy you've ever fought and more. Yeah. Anything that can fit into the Too memory of the once. console exactly. is is coming at you. Yeah. And yeah. the goal of that is actually not to win, right? Well, as soon as you get through the bridge, you're then in the section where Hela's in the distance and she tells you, like, what are you doing? You're not, like, you don't understand. And Senua makes this plead, like, I'll give you my soul. I'll fight with you in Ragnarok. I'll be at your side. Just give me Dillian back. Mm -hmm. And then you're faced with three rings as you run forward closer and closer to Hela, fighting different, again, monsters that you face this whole time that you can't actually lose to. I don't know if you realize that. Well, at certain arenas, you can't lose to them. Okay. So the first two arenas, you cannot lose. Right. So you'll get knocked down, but you'll immediately yes, get back point. up. Because in this, in this game you get like a knockdown which you have to like slam on buttons before because if you sit on the ground uh, someone will actually come and kill you <laughs> that the hammer will come down and murder you but in this case the first arenas you can't die right you could fall a thousand times and you still wouldn't die right and then you get to the third arena 
and you can die. <laughs> and that's how the game ends. And, and it whispers to you this whole time, like, you know, stop Just fighting die. death. Just die. Just it's time for you to go. Yeah. Senor. Yeah. And it was only after, like, probably fighting that last ring for, like, 15, 20 minutes that I'm like, there's something wrong here. Like, how could, how am I not defeating this yet? And then I realized, oh, these whispers. Oh, Senua needs to, this whole journey is Senua being comfortable with death. And then, then the ending happens, and I don't Boy. understand it. Whew. Like I, I, I pride myself on usually being able to figure out like the theme and the symbolism in the game. Can I pay you a compliment? You're a smart guy. Thank you. And you're usually the one that comes, and you're like, guys, I got this. I understand every piece of it, and let me tell you in a succinct three-minute way. <laughs> I hope, I hope that I could do that sometimes when I when I try. But in this game, so much <laughs> of it went over my head. Yep. And can you describe the the last? Can I try and describe yes, the last three please. minutes? Let me try and and so you're gonna have a better. Sense I don't of it think than so because essentially what happens is you get killed, and Hella comes to you and stabs you with your own sword, but then you become Hella at some point, I believe, and the camera turns and you go back to being Senua, but you kind of come out of, I don't want to call it like a bit of psychosis, but like you re-enter the, the quote-unquote real world and you just kind of walk away and saying like hey i guess we're on to the next thing yeah like hey there's gonna be another game <sighs> also the, oh, the darkness that was all over her just disappears mm -hmm. it's it's like she suddenly transcends and becomes a god herself it's like the spec ops the line ending but not as impactful and way more confusing i was so confused it definitely did not leave me with a sense of awe. Although I did love the music in that final boss yeah. battle. There's, there's some moments where they had some really good, like, yeah, we're going for this music. Even even the credit music was like a perfect like 2007 era <laughs> like Nordic rock track, which I was super into. I'm like, yes, picked yeah. a good track on this one. But I could not explain that ending better than you. I, <sighs> I could not follow it. I don't know how it ties into the whole story. I'm just glad that I started piecing the story together at the end mm -hmm. and who's ever, what their roles were and how everyone fit together. Yeah. It was this game, like I said, tough for me to get into because I couldn't follow the story mm -hmm. and I didn't enjoy the gameplay mm -hmm. elements of it. Even though I thought they did a really good job of working together, mm -hmm. um, tough for me to enjoy it on the whole. Yeah. I think that um, this game does a lot of really cool really cool things that have i would argue have never been done in a game before uh it plays tricks with your mind i think that uh in the fire stage that we talked about earlier at one point i died about four times because it was saying just it was whispering in your ear and it was saying just run you just need to run and i didn't understand that you actually couldn't stop because it was fire that yeah. was coming into your face and you would get burned and you're like the way that you think about games is if i get burned i'm going to die so like avoid getting burned but what they're teaching you is to like listen to what your your, your voices your voices are saying in that if you stop at any point you're just going to die so it played with your expectation it played with the kind of general rules of the game pretty well mm -hmm. um i just wish that because i could sit here and interpret it what it means is it that you have to yeah, embrace the, the, embrace the darkness but that's not right embrace the darkness within yourself to get better it's not like so like you well, at the end of the game she totally is you know she looks in the mirror the the darkness version of her steps mm -hmm. out 
And she says, I don't want to die. And she's like, then don't come with me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> she like leaves it all behind her. Yeah. It's like, it seemed like on some metaphorical level, she transcends her mental illness. Which like, that's, that's not how, as someone who struggles with his mental health himself, that mm-hmm. is definitely not how you, like, you just don't say like, hey, I'm cured, it's right? For real. That's 100% not what yeah. happens there. It's it's a long, drawn out process of introspection. But I guess what you're saying is maybe this whole journey through the game is how you struggle and surmount your mental health issues. And at the end, you finally kind of crest and you get over it. But even like Dillian, so like you see an apparition of Dillian kind of in your reflection and Dillian is, is talking to you about how like, it's cool. It's okay. Whatever. As you're dying. And then he just disappears and you're fine. I just, I have so many questions. Well, I felt like the Dillian speech at the end was, um, I enjoyed it because to me that speech at the end, if I understood it correctly, was like, Senua, no, like you have this mental illness because you're not willing to deal with death. You're not willing to let go. What is love without loss? What What is life without loss? Um, and, and so it was kind of Dillian kind of leveling with Senua that like, if you want to get better, you need to get over my death. You need to be comfortable with death. Otherwise, you're going to be trapped you know, in the place you are now. Um, so on some level, this game, I guess, is about grief. Mm-hmm. And I guess about dealing with loss and as much as it is dealing with with mental health. But... Again, like still, this game so hard. For it's incredibly abstract, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you're not so like, I guess as we wrap up the discussion, I would say that there's got to be a lot of checkboxes that you're going to hit in order to enjoy this game. It's it's a game that I probably didn't do the adequate amount of research about before <laughs> I assigned it to you. Uh, but like, you got to be into environmental puzzle solving. You have to be into kind of combat that may get repetitive and you have to be open to a game that is abstract will challenge your preconceived notions about mental health and also will be incredibly unique Uh, i've not played anything like this before uh, but it's something that i couldn't go to you know joe six pack on the street (laughs) and go like hey you know what you need to play hellblade send you a sacrifice it's a game that i will definitely go to some of my friends and be like hey into something like a little bit unique, a little bit different that really tackles an issue that's not been done in games before. Yeah. Hellblade is probably a game you should play. Um, this makes me want to play DMC Devil May Cry and they just got recently got purchased by Microsoft. Right. So yeah. they will... Interesting things on the horizon. Yeah, I think they're doing like a character action, like a multiplayer character action game next. I could see that going Which really I'm not well. really into, but no? like, like I, a I multiplayer focus. interesting. Yeah, this game is definitely for people who like film and not movies. 100% yes yeah. yes that will go to a film festival and be like let's watch whatever I'm just gonna walk in and, and see what happens but yeah um, so someone who likes Fellini and not Michael Bay yeah 100% yes yeah. yes um, any final thoughts about Hellblade send you a sacrifice you know there I would recommend it to a lot of people um, it was just not a game that I enjoyed my experience with so you know on some level if games are supposed to be pleasurable and rewarding i didn't feel that but i thought it was a worthwhile experience to develop some empathy and better understand what it's like when someone goes through psychosis i was immediately thinking of the works that kind of evoke parts of what this game 
tries to bring or doesn't try that brings to the table and just the list like Dante's Inferno, like God of War 2017, Annihilation, Mother, like the, that's the type of games and films that I thought about when I played mm-hmm. this game. Uh, not a game that I would, like you said, recommend to everyone, but I think it's, I'm incredibly happy that they made it. I'm incredibly happy that they took so much time and care in speaking with experts, both mental health, clinicians, um, academics about what it is like, and speaking to people that actually have psychosis to understand what it's like. There's a lot of care that went into this very personal, um, like intense emotional game. And I, if you're interested in anything that we've said so far, uh, and you haven't played it, I would say, like, if you've stuck around this far and you haven't played it, you should probably play it. I think I think it's well said. Michael. Yes, sir. If they want to talk more about Hellblade, send you a sacrifice, where's a good place to do that? You can do that by going to leftbehindgame.club, clicking the big button in the middle of the page that says Discord, joining the Discord server. It's really easy to create an account. Um, you join. There are a lot of people dropping hot deals discussions about the latest things that are happening. I know there was some discussion there about guns and violence and, and whether video games have, you know, something to do with that. There's been some discussions about ninjas move over to, to mixer. Um, there's all kinds of discussions that are happening there and always hot game deals that make it really hard to not spend a lot of money. If you're into big money blevins or little <laughs> money deals, you will find everything you need on the Left Behind Game Club Discord. Well said, Jacob. Thank you. Where can the people find you at? Uh, if Aside from the Discord server. Well, obviously. if they want to find the Left Behind Game Club and they just, for some reason, heard this podcast and don't know where we are on social, you can find us on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club, on Twitter at Left Behind Club, and as you've stated before, uh, leftbehindgame.club. If you like the show, leave us a review you can find me at jacob mccourt on twitter instagram and all other major social media platforms michael where can they find you, you can find me at ruffalo m on most places online um or michaelruffalo.com and that my friends is one less game left behind <laughs>